This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name's Laurie, and I'm here with my friends Jessica and Jana. Hello. Hi. We're (laughs) so happy that you guys are back this week for another episode. It means so much to us that you spend your time here listening and watching every week. If you would give us a five-star review, send this podcast to a friend that you think that uh, would benefit from it, it would super, super mean so much to us. I'm way excited about today's episode, um, and I'm just excited to have Jana McGill in studio today. Like, how crazy that you're here in the flesh. It's pretty crazy. For us to have this conversation. Laurie Michelle. I know, right? <laughs> Jana Rachel. Um, okay, wait, <laughs> y'all. But before we get started on today's subject, you have to tell our listeners how this came to be. That's wild. It is wild. Um, Jana and I have known each other since we were 15 years old. Yes, we have. We were best friends in high school. We roomed together, roommate style, early in college. Um, college. I mean, whatever college we attended. You want to call we it? weren't in when college. When I dropped out of college, we were, we were roommates. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went for one semester. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we go way back. And then grew up adult style, our paths took us different directions, and we didn't have a lot of contact for like- 12 years. 12, 13 years, something something like like that. that. And then recently, like over the last year or so, we've reconnected, seen each other. because of the Badass Ladies Club. Because, well, yeah, the exposure and everything. sent out, you know, Whatever request, invite. Okay, right on. And I realized- Yeah, (laughs) and I realized what it was, and I'm like, oh my God. And then I and here reached we are. out and, you know, we came to find out that even though we went like this, our lives kind of it's so brought beautiful. us back to healing. I love your friendship story. <laughs> and that so we're cool. both like healing people and working in this industry now. But even weirder than that, okay, in the 12, 13 years that we weren't hanging out, we were both professional makeup artists that for a portion of that. Pretty weird. Jana worked for Mac. I worked for Aveda. And we had these like freelance style pro makeup careers. So it's so fascinating to me that like the parallels. Whether we're like hanging out and chatting and not, that we were doing very similar work. Um, and that you weren't just a makeup artist, but like you were in education and doing the same style of makeup work that I was doing is just so, so cool. Not on the scale that you were. even so. But the, yeah. And for that matter, MAC is a totally pro makeup brand and I was working for a hair company that had makeup. So, you know, like, let's be real. It was paralleled in a lot of different ways. Um, So fast forward to today, Jana is here because she's been supporting us this weekend with Shadow and Light, which was our one-day retreat that we did at Purple Rain yesterday. It was so great. It was a shadow work retreat. I am so proud of the work that we did yesterday, guys. Like, I can't say enough about- It was big work, y'all. Yeah. How good it was for the people that joined us. But also, like, and we've always said this about Badass Ladies Club, we do this work because we need this work. 
Mm -hmm. Right. And that it was so good to be present in that container. And I did so much of my own work as I was supporting other people in doing their work. And it's just so exciting that it piggybacked onto us being able to podcast today. Very exciting. Um, because you, Jessica, and I work primarily in intuitive healing and then obviously breath work. But Jana's experience is working in plant medicine. Yes. yes which, so tell everyone what you do now. So four years ago, uh, we started a plant medicine facility that is primarily for the purpose of helping people to get off of harmful drugs and alcohol. But definitely it has, you know, developed into helping whoever needs help. And definitely, of course, inevitably along the way, as you were just talking about, finding our own work, um, and our own processes and, you know, our own growth within that, uh, that work and, um, and just having it all evolve in something that definitely is not anything I ever expected when I started this whole <laughs> journey four years ago. I was floored. <laughs> when I realized that this is what you were doing. And I don't even, I mean, I feel like it was like a conversation that we were having because I have limited experience with plant medicine, mainly like recreational. Mm -hmm. um, when Jana and I were living together in our 20s or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, lots of recreational, lots of years. recreational plant medicines. Um, well, it, I mean, my recreational plant medicine journey began with you. Right. And Stephanie all those years ago, all those years ago. And so <laughs> my understanding of the kinds of medicines that you're using in your work now, which maybe we should mention is like in, you work in Mexico. That's where you live. You're home visiting in the States. So where you live, all of these medicines are legal to use. And so there's this, um, like it, I know so little about it that the time that we've been able to spend together and the things that you've been able to share with me about the kinds of medicines that you're using there and how they're administered and what they're good for is so fascinating that we had to talk about it yeah. on the podcast because it is a modality and a method of healing that is starting to gain some traction in the yeah. states. And there are a few states that have legalized uh, psilocybin, which mm -hmm. we'll talk about. Um, there's a lot of conversation about microdosing and mm -hmm. how much that's helping people here. And then obviously marijuana is legal in a number of states for the time being. And, and people are using like ketamine for therapy. Right. Like th there's a lot of uh, conversation about plant medicine in the healing field. Yeah. And some of the medicines that you guys are working with, I had never even heard of before. And the work that they're doing is really, really powerful. So, um, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about, because you said your uh, space is primarily focused on helping people overcome addiction yes. of whatever sort, but like obviously <clears throat> substance addiction is primarily what you guys work with. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the medicines that you guys use. Well, the place where the journey began was uh, Iboga, which is probably the least known plant medicine to most of the world, um, Iboga and its derivative, which is Ibogaine, which is what even people know more about than Iboga, <clears throat> because um, that is the, the delivery method that has been more widely worked with. Um, but Ibogaine and Iboga is um, going to be this, some people will refer to it as like the father of all 
psychedelics. Um, a lot of people will even say that it's the most powerful psychedelic known to man. The reason why it is so spe specific and special for the work that we do is that it actually does something that none of the other plants that are in the category of entheogen, which an entheogen is like you were discussing mushrooms, psilocybin, um, LSD, those are all going to be more in that typically in that category of recreational. Mm -hmm. You can use them for therapeutic purposes for sure with intention and ceremony and all of that. But these ones are really not used recreationally because entheogen means that it's going to be a psychedelic that actually is going to teach. Mm -hmm. It's it's in this learning plant medicine category along with ayahuasca, which people have more widely heard about. Right. Um, but iboga not only is a teaching plant, but a physiological event actually takes place in the brain where your neurotransmitters are becoming more um, having this neuroplasticity that is very similar to early childhood development. And it's a period of time where the brain is going to stay in that state for anywhere from 60 to 90 days following the experience. So what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what the center is for though. Like people stay with you throughout that process. Uh, oh my God. Well, ideally, if I had my choice in the matter, I would have, and someday maybe we will have that mm -hmm. protocol that, you know, somebody comes and they stay for the entire three months. Unfortunately, that's not realistic for most people's lives and, and you know, what they have going on at home. Mostly they can give 30 days. Um, some people will only give us two weeks. I, at some point, don't ever want to take anybody for less than 30 days because, yes, exactly, your brain is going to be in this different state that uh, is very unpredictable, um, very sensitive, yeah. very much, um, you know, altered for that, you know, continued period of time. And the purpose for that is that you're able in this time frame to retrain the brain in a way that you have never been able to. You were able to train your brain when you were a child, mm -hmm. you know, and everything that you learned. That's why they say that a child is so much more apt to learn a language or learn anything. It's because of that neuroplasticity. And we're, you know, formulating, you know, all the things that we're collecting as children that eventually once we get into our teenage years that that's starting to now become like a hard rock almost. There's still neuroplasticity and certain things that you can do even without plant medicine, you can retrain the brain, but it takes a whole lot more work and a whole lot more dedication and, you know, sticking with it to actually have that change occur. But when you take Iboga or Ibogaine, you're actually getting that opportunity for the first time since you were a kid for it to become that like silly putty mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that now we can reshape, remold and replace all of the things that you were doing that was harmful and not just, you know, harmful drugs, but any kind of process addictions or any kind of behaviors that you are hoping to evolve past, you have this brief period of time where you're able to do that. 
that doesn't mean that if you do that, then, you know, everything is, is hunky-dory. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, that's right. the big thing that, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely been a common misconception of anything that's been out there about this in the past. And it's something that, you know, my facility is definitely working towards changing the perception because when it first came out on the scene, you know, it's getting this idea in people's minds of, you know, the magic pill that's going to yeah. cure them of all of their addictions. And that's just one little piece of it. You know, it's an important piece, but equally as important is the work that comes afterwards. And yes. that that is, you know, in that period of time, you're figuring out what it is that you that you require for self-care, mm -hmm. for, you know, your own journey of self-discovery to figure out, you know, who you really are through all of this, because maybe you were living a life that you weren't being completely honoring yourself or being true to yourself. And now you've got to, you know, take this time to figure out what all that is, start implementing these new modalities, yoga, meditation, breath work, you know, good exercise, amazing natural diet, you know, and all of these things that are going to work together to make that sobriety or whatever change that you're trying to affect sustainable. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, just like you talk about with a diet, you know, to just do some kind of fad diet, you're going to end up getting tired of it and it's going to be done and you're not going to keep up with it. This is a lifestyle change. You have got to be in a place in your life where you are ready to completely turn everything on its head, right. you know. And so but if you are able to do that and if you are able to give yourself the time that is needed, I mean, it can absolutely course correct, you know, everything that you were journeying in the wrong direction for. All right. I'm so intrigued. Mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> Go first. Well, I didn't know that like that a plant medicine could stay in your system for that long and have such an impact. Mm -hmm. It would scare me not to have support through that 60 to 90 100%. days. Well, here's what's amazing, actually. Like if we talk about my own personal journey with this, you know, um, I was coming to Baja with my partner at the time who we we um, were getting him off of drugs and his father was very supportive of us going on this journey together. Um, the person that ran that particular facility uh, was interested, even though this is not something that we do at all at my facility, in allowing a couple to come, yeah. you know, and, and work together. And I had done so little research of my own at this point. I, I did what I thought was enough, but not enough to know really in the grand scheme of things, anything <laughs> now that I know what I know now. Mm -hmm. And this place didn't really explain um, anything about the neuroplasticity that was going to come after. And me being someone that had always had a healthy mm -hmm. interest in psychedelics, you know, I was like, well, sure. I've been through, you know, the Western idea of rehab with him, you know, sending him off to someplace that I didn't know anything much about the people that were there or what they were actually doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And this time I had the opportunity. I definitely was curious about this most potent psychedelic known to man mm -hmm. with all of the previous work with psychedelics that I had done. 
that I just wanted to know what was up with this. So, you know, I go, I'm working for Mac at the time. I coordinated the whole thing for my one week paid vacation. <laughs> that was absurd. Yeah. In case anybody's having any notions yeah. of that, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get it done in a week. Like, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had my flood dose, my Ibogaine flood dose, which really quick do let me quantify the difference between Iboga and Ibogaine. And the best analogy that I can give is because Ibogaine is this isolated alkaloid that is, is through a chemical process removed, isolated out from Iboga. And it is much more potent, just like you would have flour with cannabis right. and then oils and waxes and, and how much more potent those oils and waxes are from that original flour. Same kind of idea with Iboga versus Ibogaine. So Ibogaine being the thing that is more prevalently being explored with the people that are having this conversation now um, is also much scarier, much more dangerous. You know, there's much more of a medical um, severity. There needs to be a medical staff in place that is going to monitor the entire process and you know, I had no clue <laughs> about okay, these things. So is what I'm hearing that you coordinated your one week paid vacation. Mm -hmm. You took this plant medicine that is serious. Mm -hmm. And then what? You went And then I home? came back home. <laughs> he stayed. It's absurd. He stayed because, you know, we already knew right. that he, he was going to be on a long there, process. There, right? But I was there for one week. I had my flood dose on a Wednesday night. And by that following Wednesday, I was back working at Macy's at Mac. Like, right. <laughs> it was insane because I was way more altered than I could ever have imagined that I would have been. I had no idea that it was going to completely remove my filter yeah. and leave me in a place where working in you know, customer service and retail. No. Oh, you're like, fuck this. <laughs> I had no yeah. more ability to tolerate stupidity or no. bitches. No. Yeah. Oh my God. I know how I am after breath work. <laughs> right. Where I'm like, no. yeah, no, I can't. Like, in yeah. the two months following my return after almost 10 years of exemplary customer service, I had more write-ups and customer <laughs> complaints <laughs> than my entire career. And oh my, my manager and my regional manager had to sit me down and be like, uh, Jana, <laughs> what's going on? Who are you? And I'm like, um, well, I just went on this spiritual journey. Because <laughs> I'm not going to tell them, you know, exactly what I did. Right. None of their business. And they're like, well, whatever it is, I'm going to need you to come back to earth. And I was like, okay. Meanwhile, at the same time, you know, I've struggled my whole life with, well, since my teenage years with bipolar. <laughs> and my family is starting to see the warning signs of mania start to flare back up. And they're all like doing their usual in the past. And I mean, I had not been, I'd, I'd found a natural supplement that I had been on. That's a whole other show for you guys. Right. We should do that one. Yeah. But, um, you know, that was a natural supplement. I'll just kind of put this out right here. Truehope.com. Yeah. Um, if you are struggling with mental health, contact them. But um, I, my father found that and, you know, I started my journey with it. But um, at this point, I was like 
seven, eight, nine years without any symptoms of my, my bipolar, of not depression or mania. I was balanced for all of that time. And now all of a sudden something like knocks something loose in my head and my family's like, ah! <laughs> you know, and I'm like, hold on. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> Before you all like start thinking I need to be medicated again, even though it was natural supplements, I knew who I was and where I was at. And I believed that I could mind over matter that shit. And I did through the things that I had already learned, you know, while I was in Baja, I, you know, started to focus on meditation and figuring out different ways to ground myself. And through just working on myself in that way, I turned it around in a very quick period of time enough for my parents to go, okay, all right, she's all right. <laughs> but definitely I was no longer fit for, you know, corporate right. world things at all. So <laughs> okay. I want to rewind. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about Iboga and Ibogaine as far as um, how it's administered. Because one thing I love so much about what you're doing is that it's not um, like it, there is a protocol that is, like you said, there's a medical staff, there's structure and safety and support, mm -hmm. but it's also very ceremonial and has a lot of respect for where the medicine came from and the way that it's mm -hmm. um, intended to be used is really important with intention. You know, like Absolutely. if people are going to receive the medicinal benefits of this, they couldn't just go to a hospital for, per se and have it and have received the same benefit as they would with the ceremonial benefit and working with the shaman. So let's talk a little bit about if you were going to come to your facility and somebody were going to receive this medicine, what does that ceremony look like? Well, it's really interesting that you ask that because ceremonially we, you know, we're in a state of evolution when it comes to Iboga because unfortunately, um, a little over a year ago, a year ago on Mother's Day, we lost our uh, Bwiti. The Bwiti are the people in, um, in Gabon, in Africa, and in Abando that uh, have been working with this medicine, cultivating it, and sharing it for thousands of years. Um, and Bobby, or his Bwiti name, Bovenga, was actually one of the first Americans to go over there and work with them in their, not, you know, in their community and be actually initiated and become part of their tribe and to go forth and, you know, continue to give this medicine. So when that happened, when we lost him, we did kind of have to revert back to something that was a little bit more clinical mm -hmm. because we just didn't have that ceremonial aspect. And, and for the most part, a lot of what you are going to get out there with Ibogaine in a, no offense to those facilities out there, but we in the community do refer to them as a flood and go. Getting right. an Ibogaine flood dose is, um, you know, this idea of most of these places are set up for nothing more than 10 days to 14 days. And while I have immense respect for what they're doing because they are having that medical, um, you know, piece of it in place as they should be, uh, there is something in a lot of them lacking in the ceremonial aspects of mm -hmm. it and in the tying to ancestral roots of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of them will have like a Temescal 
which, you know, is the Native American sweat lodge, which is not necessarily tied to that medicine, but it does give them a certain amount of a ceremonial aspect. Some people will play, you know, the Bwiti music while they are going through their experience. And the Bwiti music itself is very, very much ingrained in the medicine. There are people that, and I've actually had an experience with this myself, when if you're on the medicine and you're hearing the music, you actually are able to see the people, you know, within your psychedelic experience that are creating this music that you're hearing. Mm. Um, And so certain aspects of it, because of the culture being so ingrained in the medicine itself, you're going to get no matter what. But, um, but predominantly what there is out there is not the ceremonial stuff. And that's okay. The problem is more about the fact that they're not doing anything after the fact to follow up with the aftercare portion the aftercare of it. Portion. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are people that can, you know, have the discipline to go home and to create their own aftercare sure. and that's great and it will work. But that is the biggest thing that my facility, that our facility is trying to change about the way that it is worked with is that for us, we find that that part of it is just as important as the medicine itself. And then as far as the ceremonial stuff, well, you know, after Bobby passed away, like it was my partner was the one that studied with him more. And, you know, he actually did a treatment with someone um, that was able to fly him out to Puerto Rico and, Mm -hmm. you know, have him take care of them there in in house Mm -hmm. um, and was having Bobby direct him through every aspect of that treatment. And then when he came home, there was some more people that he was working with. And so he started to learn all of these, these methods. And he, in that time frame, also is mentally um, a genius and has an eidetic memory. And so then he mixed what he was learning with all of his research abilities and the fact that he reads something once and he retains it. And so he actually perfected the, what we call with the Iboga, the low dose protocol, um, which is as opposed to that flood dose that I had this one night, this was, um, this is going to be using the Iboga, which is the pure form. And it is going to be this tapering process where they're, um, tapering down off of the meds that are, you know, keeping them well. Mm-hmm. And this is specifically, this is with opiate addicts. Right. Cause that's one thing that I didn't mention cause I was keeping it more broad, but it was originally discovered for addiction specifically for, for opiates, opiate addicts because it does reset the opiate receptors along with that, um, that neural plasticity. So, um, we are going to be tapering them down off of their meds. And as we are doing that, ramping up the Iboga and eventually leading to a flood dose of Iboga. Um, And then that's going to be their big, big experience. Well, my partner at that point was, um, you know, just doing the clinical steps of that with our 24 hour nurse care. And that was it. And for me, I, I felt that that big gaping hole missing because Bobby was so ingrained in the ceremonial aspects of it and everything that he did was ceremonial, you know, and that was a beautiful part of our program that was just now gone. 
And so I started to do what I could from the things that I was exposed to with Bobby to try to give as much of that with for our clients as I could. So there's this... Um, one of my favorite things is the ceremonial flower bath. So um, in, a, in the precursor to the ceremony itself is this cleansing ceremony where um, Bobby would just go buy flowers. But in our new location, we're surrounded by all these amazing different flowers and um, we have eucalyptus trees and other things that I thought would be really cool to incorporate the clients in collecting all of that stuff. Um, because that's another aspect of the Buiti culture is that they're a working tribe and the medicine itself actually, I mean, everybody, we're all snowflakes. So some people it's going to, you know, put them out and they are going to be in their bed and potentially even not sleeping for four or five days. That does happen for some people. Some people have no problem sleeping with it and it's absolutely fine. Um, but, and, and some people it will make them want to, be social and be with everyone. And while we're doing the low dose, you know, they do have that ability because, um, you know, the, the test dose, the very first dose we're going to give is going to be practically subperceptive, meaning just like with, you know, microdosing with mushrooms, which is becoming some, so much more prevalent these days. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you're going to actually have a psychedelic experience from. You may not even feel an actual change that you can perceive. It's something that is, subperceptive. It's, it's altering your mood. People are using it for, you know, um, depression and being able to elevate their moods. And with Iboga, when you're starting out in that early part, it can be subperceptive like that. And as you're starting to move on, because it is cumulative as well, so it stacks on itself. So as we're going through that low-dose protocol, it's going to become more and more as they go, as we're working towards that big dose, dose finally. But <clears throat> that piece of it was definitely missing. And so we started to, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I <laughs> digressed. Um, the flower bath ceremony was something that I knew would be really special and really beautiful. And they would get a little bit of that work mm -hmm. aspect of it. So I take them on a journey around our whole property where they are the ones collecting the flowers themselves. And um, we have a sacred olive tree too. So we're putting a little of that in. We have our vineyard. So we're getting some great leaf, grape leaves in there, our eucalyptus. And then they have to come and sit and they actually have to sit there and tear apart each of the pieces of the flowers and things like that, putting their intentions into that. Um, we add hot water and it kind of makes it like a tea and then um, Bobby first described to me how I was supposed to do this process because I would do the women for him when he would have a, you know, a female client. And you're supposed to, you know, pick up the bundle of leaves and flowers and you're supposed to like, like be like firm with them, like mm -hmm. almost beating them yeah. um, on their skin and um, and just getting that whole new, um, fresh, like baby skin mm -hmm. coming to go into this ceremony. Um, there's other different aspects of it that I understood that I, you know, tried to bring to it, but now we've had this 81 year old Lakota, um, pipe bearer elder that came and participated in one of ours. And one of the things, because I am, you know, 43 years old now and I don't stay up all night. So... <laughs> 
you know, we're doing this with up to this point where I'm like, all right, well, this has been several hours and I need to go to bed now. Now it's bedtime. It's bedtime, <laughs> you know, and, and we have the nurses. So, yeah. And, and a lot of the journey with Iboga is meant to be very going in, you know, so for them to have, a, a, you know, a, a transition where they could then go into their rooms and feel comfortable and have the nurse checking on them regularly that seemed there seemed to be a place for that but I got blown out of the water with that because the fire is very important and it right. keeps us protected in the night yeah. and we have to keep that going all night so we we just started doing it that way and um you know and I have some people on my staff that also are very passionate about it so they're staying up with them all night I can go cool. peace out <laughs> all right so and Ibogo was one of the things that I had never heard of until we spoke. Mm-hmm. It was really funny, though, because after we talked about it the first time, I Aubrey recorded something randomly about it. Mm. And we watched like a whole documentary set in Africa, you know, like right. with the tribe. And so after we had spoken about it, I learned so much about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like after watching the documentary, I was like, I'm intimidated. Like, I don't know um, yeah. that that's something that I'm like super interested in. However, there everybody anymore. And you know, we spend a lot of time in Costa Rica. Ayahuasca is everywhere Everywhere. in Costa Rica. Okay. And, Mm -hmm. um, even in the States, even though it's not legal, like I know several places you can go and Mm -hmm. receive ayahuasca here. One Um, of my clients did ayahuasca somewhere. Yeah. I won't say where I have never done ayahuasca. (laughs) I have had interest only because um, I feel like I have had experiences that connect me to the feminine nature of it that you Mm -hmm. speak about, you know, like so much. Yeah. So tell us how or I guess in plant medicine on a topic anyway, I'm really fascinated about why you would choose ayahuasca. Like what is it used for as opposed to iboga which sounds like it's primarily for opiate you know use like what how would ayahuasca differ from that well iboga is definitely gonna be the go-to for most with addiction Mm -hmm. at this point not to say that you couldn't get the job done with ayahuasca for addiction but because of the fact that you're getting that physiological event taking place and that neuroplasticity it lends itself to help aid the process of getting beyond your addictions and resetting, you know, your life to be something more conducive for, um, somebody struggling with addiction. It makes more sense. Um, ayahuasca, yes, is the more feminine energy. Um, and it's, you know, well, first of all, like people, when they find out that I not being someone that struggles with addiction to have gone out and gotten an Ibogaine flood dose. People look at me like I have three heads. Like, why would you do this? You didn't need to, you know? And honestly, at that time, it was just really like, I didn't know enough to... You didn't know it was a bad idea. I mean, I really was just like... (laughs) Yeah, it's because I did always have this, like... Since I'm 17 years old and the first yes. time that I did mushrooms, I'm always like, wow, that's something I get behind, yes. you know? And so then I find out about this and this is going to, you know, help my partner with something that we've struggled for him together with for so many years. 
And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to be a part of that. You know, if I knew the, the sheer magnitude of what I was doing, I probably wouldn't have chosen it, right. you know, and I'm glad that I did, you know, but I, as far as an Ibogaine flood dose, I don't think that I would ever choose it again, knowing what I know now. And definitely I do see, you know, a lifetime of ayahuasca in my future, you know, and I'm, I'm still very, for me personally, when it comes to psychedelics and a lot of people do have this and, and even kind of what you are hinting at, like there's a certain amount of fear that borders line borderlines on healthy respect. Right. You know, and so there is that, um, you know, wow, this is something that's going to be very powerful and transformative and possibly even a little bit scary. But I am well aware of, you know, the benefits. And so I'm just going to go for it. You know, um, with ayahuasca, though, that that seems to make a whole lot more sense to people because it is more widely about all of the different aspects of shadow work that we were dealing with in our right. workshop this weekend. Um, you know, because honestly, that's where addiction and all of these other difficulties are coming from the fact that we are not dealing with our trauma. We are not dealing with the things that have come along that we have compartmentalized in such a way that we've stuffed it down to the point where, you know, we don't even know it's there anymore. You know, we think, oh, I'm over that, but we may be over it here, but we are not over it right. spiritually, you know, and, and when we push those things down, they're going to start manifesting themselves in ways that are ugly you know? And so that's not just about addiction. That's about everyone in the whole world having these things that they carry with them. And just like we were talking about earlier, like trauma is relative, yes. you know, just because you don't have a history that sounds brutal, like, you know, I mean, children growing up in abusive families, you know, women who have been through human trafficking, you know, the mass shootings, all of these things that are so obviously traumatic to a child, it's the smallest little thing yeah. that, you know, you didn't understand at that moment, but it affected you deeply. You and may it, not even remember it. Exactly. Like, yeah, and affecting totally. you on a cellular yeah. level that you're carrying with you and you have no way to access that. And ayahuasca is going to be that thing that allows you to finally dig all the way down in your bag and pull it all the way up and go, oh, okay, that has been holding me back. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Or maybe you have an idea, but you don't know what to do with it, you know? And ayahuasca is going to allow you to, I mean, you have no choice. You're going to face those things. And they right. say, you know, as far as this work is concerned with plant medicine, um, and this would be in reference to both iboga and ayahuasca and some of the other ones that we work with, uh, Bufo, 5-MeO-DMT, and some other smokable um, DMTs, um, like Changa. Uh, these are going to... Oh, I totally lost my thought there. It's all right, because we can come back around to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, from what I understand, because I have a client who... 
suffers from depression on a very chemical level. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not... uh, Like, the way she explained it to me was... um, Like, she is very chemically imbalanced. And so she's done ayahuasca a few times. She's actually, this woman has tried everything in the book. And it's been, like, really inspiring and amazing because she's so forthcoming with her Mm. stories with me. Um, But she said, like, ayahuasca is definitely more for depression or anxiety, um, but not, like, on a chemical level. She said it just didn't really work for her and hmm. her chemical imbalance um at least in her experience i mean everything i've always anyone i've ever spoken to outside of jana like before we started talking about the work that you're doing that had participated in ayahuasca that was really into it was so much more on this um mother ayahuasca mother nature the core of the earth i felt connected to all that is right more like a spiritual journey it was a very but but a um connected to nature spiritual journey so it and that it had um implications for them where they felt like they had all of a sudden a purpose they felt like they were empowered to you know like have a, a reason to continue on you know and Mm -hmm. and so it was like in treating a depression or just like a loss of purpose so many of us anymore like your life isn't just here for you to make money and pay the electric bill and die you know like and that that cycle for even people who don't have a chemical imbalance is fucking depressing you know and that ayahuasca has helped them realize that there is more to life Mm -hmm. than this rat race that you're in all day every Social day right? is totally, the word yes, 100% yeah. that's the word and yeah. so the people I know that have benefited the most from an ayahuasca experience were people who really needed to connect to their authentic reason for being here on earth which on a commercial social construct level they will have you believe it is to participate in the commerce of life right when in actuality you're supposed to just be And you just being a human on this planet is why you're here and that it is enough and that ayahuasca supports your connection to being enough, just being, just breathing, you know, like just being present. Absolutely. And that, that, and so I can see if you went for ayahuasca to like treat my chemical imbalance, that that wouldn't be what the, that that's not what you were looking for, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, well, and and my, we've talked before. I have a question for you about yeah. this lady because did she, was she on antidepressants when she went to go do ayahuasca? Oh, probably. So see, that's you know, you're getting into a really difficult area there yeah. because when you're already putting chemicals in the brain to change and affect brain chemistry, those those chemicals um, they make it so that you're nothing's going to get through. Yeah, you know. Um, so I, I'm not at all surprised that she didn't have a deep, meaningful experience um, because generally speaking, anybody that is going to come to do that work, we got we make sure that they're off of all of those meds. Gotcha. It's a counterindication. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's totally. good to know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And you do have to be really careful when you're dealing with someone that, you know, is in the throes of mental health disorder because, I mean, as I even talked about earlier, like it it triggered my own mania. You know, um, you have to be really careful, 
But, you know, if we then go back to our workshop this weekend mm -hmm. and you understand that, yeah, a certain aspect of, you know, bipolar and whatnot is chemical imbalance. Um, but there are natural methods to deal with that. Once yes. again, truehope.com. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's a gut issue, that right. stuff, you know, and we can fix those things through diet and all of that. But the things that we are holding on to in our mental space, as far as depression, that really is going to be fixed by what you fixed, by what you were talking about that right. ayahuasca does, which is, and, and as well as the 5-MeO-DMT, it is waking you up to your place in the universe mm -hmm. and allowing you to see that things are not that social construct right. that you have perceived it to be your entire life. It is allowing you this brief moment to take a look behind the veil and see that there is so much more, you know, and that if we are going to be people that are fully, you know, evolved into our happy existence, which is what we are meant to be, we're here. Yeah. we are not meant to be miserable going through our days, you know, with all of these things of that social construct weighing us down and weighing us down and making us, yes, of course, we're going to be affected mentally one way or another, yeah. you know, but the more of that you're able to slough off and really start to see how little any of that actually matters mm -hmm. and allowing yourself the space to say, okay, whatever it is that I have down there that is dark and scary, I'm going to start working with those things. I'm going to start bringing them up to the surface, whether it's drug addiction or anything else, depression, all of those shadow work things that, you know, we talked about yesterday, every single one of those is going to be something that you can change if you start working on self-care, on your own self-discovery and following what actually lights you up in life. You know, if you have a job, that's your job and you have no choice in the matter of, you know, this is what I have to do right now to put food on the table. And if you are that person, then you should contact Laurie and the abundant. But if you are, you know, living that lifestyle and you have no choice because you have a family and you have to do that, you know, what you want to be doing is bringing your attention to whatever other time that you have in your life aside from that jobby job and giving to yourself, loving yourself, finding the things that outside the jobby job light you up and give you passion. Mm -hmm. And plant medicine is just one way to do those things. So that's really all it is. I mean, this whole conversation, though, about like that connective awareness is why I always liked recreational psychedelics, mm -hmm. you know, was because it was so relief is the best word I can, you know, mm -hmm. speak to where in that state, I was so relieved that there was more. Mm -hmm. And we were products of the 90s, you know, <laughs> teenagers in the 90s. And so things were very, like, dark. And I was <laughs> in that, like, gothic, hopeless, oh, what's your the goth point? Face. You know, like, of any of it. And I do remember, like, when we started doing psychedelics, mushrooms, you know, like, primarily... Mm -hmm that it kind of broke me out of that like dark, hopeless, gothic phase that I was in where I was like, oh no, 
the world is beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can see. Like, this was just really a spot that I was in, but not what I'm actually about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And at the same time, I felt very out of control sometimes because we were young and didn't know what we were doing and probably <laughs> taking way too much sometimes. And like, <laughs> and so the limbo between that, like, relief and oh my god this is so beautiful and amazing and then the oh I think I might actually die thing you know like that (laughs) would flip back and forth gave me that healthy respect for the psychedelics and you know like plant medicines in general um this could be a three-hour episode so I'm gonna I want to like redirect a little bit because I want to get a few more things in Mm -hmm. you also work with the cambo Mm-hmm. which is the toad venom. No, I'm backwards. Uh, yes. This is why backwards. I have you. That's the tree frog. The tree frog. Mm-hmm. And then there's, what's the toad? 5-MeO-DMT. Okay. It's the Bufo Alvarez. Bufo, yeah. And then is there snake? There are people that are also working with snake venom. Okay. I do not know a whole lot okay. about that, but it has a lot of healing So these are like other medicines that aren't plant medicines, but are derived from some of these. Yeah. Like reptile friends. Yeah. um, That are used and all of this, you know, like I have that same very like surface level understanding of it, Mm -hmm. but also am really connected to the ceremonial and spiritual aspects of them. Like, I think that um, it's fascinating that there are so many different options and, what we've talked about so many times over the, this weekend anyway, is just that these are things that people have been using for centuries, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that the opportunity to bring that medicine to the mainstream, which is starting to happen on this like really loose basis is a gift. Mm-hmm. It's not something that like Western culture has ever had the opportunity to peek into until the last 50 years or so, you yeah. know? And so, and I feel like that about yoga. You know, like that yoga is a tradition that has been passed down for centuries that has been modernized in Western culture, you know, like in a really major way and is changing people's lives. And so I think about some of these therapies, you know, that I know so little about now. And I wonder in 75 years, you know, like how prevalent will some of these medicines be to really help people? Mm. Um, It's and, you know, we're also coming at this in 2022 where this is like the second or third try for psychedelics to be something that we use for a productive manner. They tried in the sixties. They try, you know, like, and there are, um, lots of institutions we'll call them that really don't want this medicine to come out because it's going to affect their bottom line and keeping people sick, you know, and that there isn't a lot of financial gain in healing people truly. So they don't need these medicines that just put a bandaid on your situation and keep you paying them for or the medicine that's not going to fix you in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Or make you, all of them make you sicker, like a hundred percent. So I don't, it's not a conversation about that, but I do want to like lend some perspective to this idea that um, even people who did yoga, people used to laugh at and think it was weird and think it was never anything that was going to take traction. And now it's like so mainstream, one of the most profitable things mm-hmm. that happens in America anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I also want to make sure that we talk about rapé. <laughs> Only because rapé is legal in the States. Mm-hmm. Something that I had actually seen and witnessed, but I didn't know that's what it was called. 
and something that I tried for the first time a couple of days ago um, <laughs> that Jana actually administers. And we used in shadow and light a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a legal plant medicine. That's and something maybe that people, Jessica's going to try. I mean, after maybe. Maybe. Um, we'll see. <laughs> so what is Repay and what is it used for? And why would somebody be interested in that? Are we going to also go back to Cambo and Bufo or? Yes. So which should be first? Let's talk about Repé because, like I said, I, I want to make sure that we talk about something that people could actually access, access where right we now. are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know the laws on Cambo here, but I don't think that there should be anything restricting that because I mean, like it is Ayahuasca, not. I know a lot of people who are taking Cambo in the states. Yeah, you know, like that's it's a thing. Not, but I don't know the it's legality. It's not psychedelic. Yeah. Um, it is actually incredibly whew, healing medicine. Um, that the list of maladies that it can help with is staggering, and it's something that is applied topical to the skin after a thin layer is burned off and it is taking a little bit of the secretion of the frog and it is allowing it to seep into your bloodstream. And what happens is your body actually believes that you're dying for a second, which sounds scary. Yikes. But um, but the, the person that's facilitating understands how to work with it and they know exactly how long to keep it on there before they remove it once it's actually doing the work it's meant to do in your system. And what happens is your adrenal gland is going to expel all of the natural antibodies that your body is meant to put off when it thinks it's being poisoned. And it's those antibodies that are rushing all over your body, allowing, and you do purge on that one. Uh, It's not that fun, but it is, you know, part of the process of exactly of getting all of these things that, you know, beyond stomach bile that's in your stomach um, and just getting everything out while you are also having these antibodies go all over your um, system. You know, anything from, gastritis and arthritis can be treated this way. Mm -hmm. There are certain forms of cancer that can be, I'm hesitant to say the word cure, but you know, people have had great, it's happened results, great results from using this Mm -hmm. medicine, even HIV Mm -hmm. and some of those symptoms. Um, and the list is really, really long. So definitely this says that Cambo is legal in the United States, but not regulated by the FDA or any other health organization. Yeah. That makes sense because yeah. they don't really know what it is or what to do with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, and definitely I implore anybody watching your show to absolutely anybody that feels that there is something physical health wise that they are struggling with to research this medicine because and it's Cambo with a K K A M B O and it can totally change your life mm-hmm. um, and help you with these, these medical issues. Um, and like I said, I don't know a whole lot about the snake venom, but it is in that same category of how it works. Um, and Bufo definitely is something that uh, I, I hope that more people start to, understand and work with because that is the one that, you know, I don't care who you are. If you're somebody that's looking to understand more about your place in the universe Mm -hmm. and how it all works and how it all fits together, that's the one, you know, and it's, it's not this long commitment. I I mean, there's definitely place for all of it. 
Um, but ayahuasca is a bigger commitment, you know, mm -hmm. as far as the time and everything. But Bufo is a very short acting psychedelic. Um, it is kind of like jumping off a cliff, you know, it happens very quickly. It's probably the one that I have the most personal fear for because it does happen so fast. Um, but it's also been the most profound as far as my personal journey and understanding my own personal place in the universe. Yeah. This says that Bufo is illegal yeah. in the United yeah, totally, States, yeah. but used to heal for centuries. Yeah. Centuries. Absolutely. So then I know Laurie yeah. wanted to talk about rapé. So well, I just wanted to make sure. No, that we... I want, I want all, cause this is the other part, right? Like, I don't know that I collectively even understood there were this many mm -hmm. and I'm sure way more than Never we'll talk about, heard you know, like, these. okay. Oh, yeah. San uh, Pedro, masculine, so yeah, all of, keep going. All of it. <laughs> but let's talk about rapé. Rapé. So rapé is another one that is not psychedelic, um, but it is plant medicine for sure. Um, and definitely something that can be used uh, for medical health purposes. Um, but it is a mapacho tobacco is the tobacco leaf that is used in um, the Amazon most prevalently um, with the Shipibo and the other indigenous uh, people that have been cultivating and administering ayahuasca for years. Um, and it is used in a very ceremonial way. It's not just like a cigarette. It's, um, you know, it's this ceremonial sacred tobacco that is actually also not only smoked, but it's used to cleanse just like you would with sage or Palo Santo. You know, there's definitely cleansing ceremonies where, you know, they're smoking it, but they're actually blowing it on the person's, you know, different areas that they're trying to cleanse. Um, but when it comes to rapé, it's being uh, burnt into an ash, ground down into a fine powder that then is mixed with, I mean, a myriad of Many different yeah. kinds of other healing plants that, I mean, the sky is the limit, people, with the things in nature that are out there to heal you and things that I myself have not even scratched the surface yeah. with. Um, but... I mean, we're talking about anything from, you know, the obvious like serotonin boosting things. Some of them even do contain a certain amount of DMT, uh, but some of them literally are just going to be more about like um, opening up the nasal passage. There's ones that are antibacterial. There's ones that are antiviral. There's ones that are anti-inflammatory even, you know, I mean... It's incredible. And just like you were saying, you know, this is something that was only they've been using for thousands and thousands of years, but they've only been just in the last 50 years allowing outsiders to come in and learn these medicines, train with these medicines, and then also start to bring them out and bring them to these other parts of the world and, you know, the West and, you know, the United States. Um, and it's but the idea of what you're really doing in the moment that you're administering this, besides all of these amazing health aspects that it can contain, is it is a very grounding medicine. Whereas all of these other plant medicines, you know, we're obviously exploring the third eye a lot right. more. Cosmic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going <laughs> up into we're going the stratosphere, <laughs> right? Um, but and there are certain different. Um, 
uh, combinations that will have a little bit more of a third eye space. But typically what it is being used for is more root chakra. It is grounding. It is something that you're going to use up ahead of something else ceremonial. We use it for our Temescal um, every single time, mostly, you know, before an ayahuasca ceremony or some of those other plant medicine ceremonies, you're going to use it as well. Some, some shaman or facilitators in the middle of a ceremony of ayahuasca will use it if there's somebody that maybe is, you know, been out there for a little too long and they need to kind of bring them back Mm -hmm. down. It can, you know, just ground you back into the earth. Um, and it is used, uh, similarly to like, if anybody's seen anything in movies or TV or whatever of snuff, Mm -hmm. it is something that is blown up into the nose and you, you know, you allow it to stay there for like 30 seconds to a minute or so. Um, and you know, there's a little bit of pain involved, but it's minimal, as I know Laurie experienced, because that was kind of her fear in the beginning when I, I was I most asked concerned what her, that it was gonna hurt. Yeah, yeah. And you found that that was really. I don't think it hurt. I, it, um, it got my attention. Yeah, you jarring. know, Very I, jarring. I was, and, but I think that like the this grounding effect that you talk about that it has, that was so euphoric for me that whatever bit of pain got my attention was so negligible, you know, like as soon as I was like, Oh, then I was in a space where it just didn't matter. You yeah. know, um, you have to see through that little moment yes. of pain and some people can't though. Well, some and people I was about to really... say, I think I'm particularly gifted at that because of all of my experience with other medicines, you know, like yeah. up to this point that I'm pretty good at looking around that to get to the effect. Mm hmm. And the effect with the rapé was so immediate for me that, yeah, like whatever. And when it came, you know, like I think I asked you before we did it, like if I do one nostril, do I have to do the other one? Like (laughs) after I do one, it's like when you get your ears pierced and they do one at a time and you're like, oh, I don't know. Um, That I still had that anxiety before the second one where I was like, okay, I can do this. Like I do. And then we did the other side. But I... um, I was fascinated by how quickly I went into this state of um, it was a meditative state really is the best way I could explain it to somebody who hasn't used plant medicine. Yeah, before. And you really are not a good person to talk about it though, because that's what was established. <laughs> it affected that I'm sensitive, Laurie like, deeply. Yeah. Laurie in is a, a very sensitive channel. But it also, <laughs> like when I say that, you almost make it sound like it was bad. Like it wasn't no, bad. it was wonderful. It affected me really deeply. In a beautiful in way. In a super beautiful way. It just had a lot longer effect on me. Where and a much more deeply profound effect yes, on Yes, like other people that I've seen use it since then, like, 10 or 15 later, they, it was business as usual, you know? Um, and mine was more like an hour. Laurie's plus, you like know? in outer space for an, an hour. An hour, but then the rest of the night, she was just definitely affected. Laurie, <laughs> like, when you sent me that Marco Polo, I was like, what is happening? I was all what is wrong? Um, it was so funny, but also- I need to see that. I did that too, but- um, and to say that Jana did administer rapé on a couple of our guests yesterday yeah. before our breathwork meditation, one of them having done breathwork multiple times, mm-hmm. the other, it was their first time to do breathwork. Right. So it was a really interesting 
dynamic there. And they were a couple. So cute. And they had a regular response. <laughs> To the medicine. It was very interesting. Um, our guest who had done breath work before um, said that she was able to drop in and really get there. She easier. went into a state faster, she felt yeah. like, because of the rape experience. Um, and she said she'd do it again. But yeah. the interesting thing about her as well because I feel like she and I are very similar about like how, how delicate we are and sensitive to, you know, like that in general, she had a reverse effect where she was like, I went up, Mm -hmm. you know, where I was like, I went down, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and then I went up, but, um, so, well, that just goes back to us all being snowflakes. I say that on a regular basis. Yeah. And that watching it, like I had received it, but I obviously didn't see myself receive it, you know? But watching our guests yesterday receive it was such a beautiful experience for me, you know, Mm -hmm. like um, holding that space. for them. Yeah, it was really powerful. And um, and it's why I love intuitive healing and it's why I love breath work is because I love to be present and hold space with people when they get to these places um, that are so real. Yeah. And even for our guests that had never done breath work or plant medicine, you know, like for that matter, like he, um, it's just such a beautiful space that you go to and it is so soothing and, uh, safe. And, um, and he felt that it, it definitely opened him up. Yes. And which I think that that is a beautiful way to describe it. Um, you know, it, it made him ready for whatever was going to come next, which is why we use it for all of these different, you know, ceremonies ahead of them. Um, and one of the things I definitely, if we're going to be on the subject of repay that I feel like it is my duty for, you know, my work and what I do. And we deal with, obviously with addiction, we deal with a lot of people struggling with anxiety, Mm -hmm. but that's definitely not a difficulty that is exclusive to people with addiction. Right. There is such a huge, huge, epidemic of anxiety in the world. And I think it's really interesting that we paired for this weekend breath work with repay because both of those are referred to in many different aspects as nature's benzo. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. um, because with breath work, I mean, it's amazing the places that you can get to with being able to calm the mind down. Mm. And it's the same thing with repay. Um, It's like, you know, when you're using it ceremonially, it's very different than if you're encountering someone who is in the throes of a panic attack, you know, in full blown anxiety and you administer this medicine to them. Uh, yeah, I it see that. Literally immediately knocks it. Yeah. Stops all of that mm-hmm. chaos and racing thoughts. Yes. Um, so I do want to put that out there for anyone that is and struggling with this. And it's United legal in the United States. So you can do this. I can do think order that this. for anybody who might be, um, you know, like nervous about using a plant medicine, that rapé being a base of tobacco mm-hmm. sounds very passive and so- something not so intimidating. It's you a know? good little like, baby step right. in. It's a little step where you're dip. like, oh, okay, <laughs> like I, I can get into that. Yeah. Um, 
I am so happy that we did this and just talked about this and brought it out into the world um, because plant medicine and plants in general are here for so many reasons. Like if, even if you're not talking about a psychedelic experience or working with it in addiction, like my plants save my life on the daily, mm. you know, like, and having a connection to the earth and the dirt and, um, even the fact that they're all dead and crusty right now from 105 degree heat for weeks on end, you know, like that <laughs> there is this really therapeutic benefit to working with the gifts that the earth gives us. And so it's no surprise to me that it's being used in these ways that are so mm-hmm. powerful for people. So. On a multitude of levels. And I know that we're wrapping up, but if that's what's happening, then I definitely want to make sure that I do um, put forth this message even more deeply, which is that first of all, plant medicine is not just for people struggling with addiction. Mm -hmm. It's not just for somebody who's ready to go on some unbelievable walkabout journey in a foreign country and, you know, completely like in this new spiritual awakening moment, like, there's all there's a spectrum there's a spectrum of just with like with anything just about of use and ways to apply um you know that can really be life-changing for people and it doesn't have to be I mean gosh there's so much depression that Mm -hmm. is just racking you know the world and definitely in the states And to understand, like, forget about all this stuff that I'm doing out in Baja, like psilocybin is just about everywhere at this Mm -hmm. point, even if it's in a state that's not legal and it can be acquired. And before you are, you know, if you're getting into that place of mental health issues, you know, start doing your research about that stuff before you start going those chemical routes, because anything that comes from the earth that we're putting in our bodies for healing is obviously going to be a more ideal scenario than something that was, you know, chemically synthesized in a lab by a scientist, you know? And so I just am really, really wanting that to be the, what is thematically driven home for any of your viewers is that, you know, just do your research, like explore, see, what all of the, you know, various different ways that plant medicine can enhance your life. And, you know, for some people that are completely stuck in this, you know, endless darkness, it can completely change it, you know, for the better. Yeah. So go look into it. Check it out. (laughs) You guys, if you have um, interest or questions about plant medicines or about any of the resources that we talked about today, you know how to get a hold of us. So send us a DM, um, send this episode to somebody that you think may benefit from it. Anybody that you know that's struggling. We love you so, so much. Have an awesome week. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.